Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Drama Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast and I shut my cake off. <laughs> and today we are joined by an extra special guest. We have KJ from Supernatural Opinions and Wayward Parents joining us. Do you want to say hi and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm KJ. My pronouns are she, they, and I'm so excited to be here. We are very excited to have you back. Specifically excited to be hanging out with Jamie because I've been hanging out with Beth on Wayward Parents like every mm-hmm. week. <laughs> 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 we would want you if you had watched supernatural like three years ago yeah (laughs) it's not my fault that i knew this shit was bad (laughs) if you had suffered when the rest of us suffered we would have included you in our fun it's it's not my fault that i have standards for the media i consume (laughs) well you're missing the the good stuff i will say And today we are all here to discuss the 19th episode of season four of Supernatural titled Jump the Shark. Jamie, KJ, I am so excited. I am dying to hear what you guys have to say about this episode. This is one of my favorite episode titles because they jump the shark. (laughs) Okay, well, I do not understand how the episode title is relevant to the actual episode. Okay, jumping the shark is a TV trope. And it's when a mysterious relative is just invented out of, like, a relative that's never been mentioned before suddenly appears for plot oh, okay. purposes. See, I didn't know that. I was like... <laughs> My interpretation of the phrase... I didn't know that either. My interpretation of Jump the Shark was always, like, similar to, like, Jump the Gun. I just had never heard of the shark version, and I just assumed it was just slang that I didn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it can also be used, like, when, like, any, like, other plot thing is, like, suddenly pulled out of nowhere, like... Like the cult in season one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, like they just like, you know, bandage things up for plot, but like really specifically like a relative, like appearing out of nowhere. Um, I forget where it comes from, but like there's a specific like thing. Jump the show. Let's see if Google will tell me quickly. Oh, yeah. I love our extra co-host Google. <laughs> they really come through with the Google. goods. The idiom "jump the shark" was coined in ni- was coined in 1985 by John Hyen in response to a 1977 episode from the fifth season of the American sitcom Happy Days, in which Fonzie jumps over a shark while on water skis. It's used to <laughs> I know argue- about that, but I didn't know it was related to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's used to argue that a creative worker outlet appears to be making a stunt in a seemingly exhaustive attempt to generate elevated attention or publicity, something that was once perceived as popular but is no longer. <laughs> wow, what a scathing review! <laughs> But yeah, it is like, you know, like they pulled something wild out of nowhere to list. <laughs> the guy who made the phrase created a website, jumptheshark.com, and then he sold the com- his company, Jump the Shark Inc., for over a million dollars in 2006. That's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> he did well. Crazy. Okay, so speaking of pulling random family members out of nowhere for the drama of it all, how are we feeling about Adam, Jamie? So that is not Adam, that is Luke Castellian from the Percy Jackson movies. Oh, okay. My apologies. (laughs) He's the only good part of the movie. Exactly. Like, he understood the assignment. (laughs) Everyone else was, like, they were given the wrong assignment, you know what I mean? But, like... It's definitely on the writing and directing team for handing out the wrong assignments, but, like, Jake Abel really held that movie together. (laughs) Yeah. The, like... Don't walk on my roof. I've never actually watched the existing Percy Jackson movies. I read the books, but Jamie got me to read Percy Jackson when I first read Mm -hmm. it, and she very explicitly was like, the movie is so bad. The movie is so trash. So I was like, okay, I just won't watch it. (laughs) There is one memorable moment in the two movies that they made. The memorable moment is literally Jake Abel, like, don't walk on my roof. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is it. It is the full sum of the movies. Like that is the full. That, that is, is that is the only moment in the movie. movies that matters. Yeah, it starts and ends there. That's this yeah. full comprehensive list. <laughs> okay, so what we what we like about Adam is that he was the only saving grace in the Percy Jackson yeah. franchise. Great. <laughs> Do we have any other thoughts? They built him off really, really like because I had heard of Adam before. Like mm-hmm. going into going into Supernatural, like I had heard of the third Winchester brother that everyone just sort of pretends doesn't exist. <laughs> I did not expect for him to because we never actually meet him. No, he's that dead. Was he's dead. Even, like yeah. I I did not think. Okay, yeah, no. The first episode that we meet him, he's not actually gonna. Yeah, he's be, gonna be, be dead there. before we even get to him. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I do have a question on this because I know that you've, you know, made a couple of jokes about like, all oh, the other mystery, like Winchester yeah. sibling or whatever. Are you disappointed with this reveal? Would you have liked them to do something more with a third unknown sibling? Or is this like, are you happy with the twist? It feels very cheap. Like it just... They jumped the shark. Here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if they're planning on doing anything else with Adam moving forward. But like at this point, it feels very cheap. Mm. It it feels so much like oh we need a reason that like Sam and Dean are going to be divided on this case let's make it a secret sibling that John just never told them about. That's fair. That's fair and valid. I I personally don't think it comes across as cheap, but I can understand where you're coming from with it. I think that the emotional beats, particularly for like the different ways that Sam and Dean react to the news and the way that they interact with who they think is Adam for me, like, lessens the cheapness of the tactic. However, like KJ pointed out, the title literally is Jump the Shark. So I I do appreciate that there is an element of... (laughs) I think that gives it some grace, period. Like, I think that gives it some leeway because they were like, yes, we understand that we're jumping the shark. We we are going (laughs) to lean into it and we are going to... We're going to... Yeah, like, I don't know. I think that makes it... It gives them some room, I think, to... (laughs) to be Mm -hmm. a little bit I don't know over the top with it yeah I don't know if people who have listened to our podcast will remember this but it has been on the forefront of my mind (laughs) which is that the last time KJ was on our show we watched uh, a very supernatural Christmas and while John was missing for that Christmas I had a moment where I said to KJ oh my god do we know where John was is this something that we know from later that you didn't know about is yet. he in minnesota yeah i was the trying, to, we were trying no. to figure out was he conceiving adam at this like was that what was happening or <laughs> yeah, like, is john not home for christmas with his children because he's creating a third child the answer yeah. is no <laughs> the answer is no the math is off by one year like a full calendar year it's actually pretty close like mm-hmm. it is like one calendar year because obviously that's christmas and this is january of like 19 19- 90 that was christmas of 91 so it was the following year that john didn't come for christmas and this was like the year before but still like john's here in minnesota no mention of where the children are (laughs) i do on this because we get that adam's birthday is september 29th 1990 and then we find out that john bought adam his first beer at 15 now 15 years beyond the 29th of September, uh, sorry, 1990, would be the 29th of September, 2005, which would be in the end part of season one, when John while is missing. John is fucking 
missing and Dean is calling him being like, hey dad, I need your help. And Sam's calling him like, hey dad, Dean's fucking dying. And John's like, don't have time for that. September specifically is like right before John is like officially missing because John's like missing in October. So like Mm. anything that happens like around that visit is like really close. Like John's probably already like missing technically and like Sam and Dean just like kind of don't know it. Like because Dean's not with John when John goes missing. Like they have not seen each other recently either. So like John's like it's too dangerous for my son Sam and Dean who I have raised to be hunters to be around me at this point because I'm getting too close to something. Then he's like, but then the son that I raised to have absolutely no idea about hunting. Oh, that's perfectly fine in there. Like that's, (laughs) like he's not going to be a danger. Like it's, it's, I'm too close to something for my actual hunter sons to be around me. But like, I'm more than willing to be around my 15 year old child who has no idea about anything. who has no way of defending himself. I'm I'm just going to, you know, come buy him a beer. It's, it's it's horrible and it only gets like more horrible as the episode goes on like it's yeah look i'm not gonna lie (laughs) i have been really excited to get to this episode for a number of reasons primarily because i knew that kj you were going to be here for this episode yes and i just have been daydreaming about sitting here like just watching like swapping my head between you and jamie (laughs) like i'm watching a game of tennis because i just know that you guys are gonna put John on fucking blast and it's gonna be an absolute joy to witness. Can we talk about the fact that Kate looks like Mary? Yes. (laughs) We can talk about that. The blonde hair and even like the opening scene like she's like running through the house and then like she's like gets to the bedroom and then like instead of being pulled up like Mary's pulled up she gets pulled down and under the bed like Mm. it's a direct parallel to Mary. Also I have this weird I don't know theory that like John and Kate are more involved with each other than Adam said. She has a picture knows. of him, his just headshot on her fucking bedside table. You don't have pictures like that just of some guy that you hooked up with one time and accidentally had a child with that he visits occasionally at once a year. Like I kind of wonder if there are times that John comes to Minnesota and doesn't see Adam and only sees Kate. Mm. I kind of think that that could be a possibility because they there's like she has the headshot of him there are family photos of them like the three of them there are photos of just the two of them like together like there are so many pictures of the two of them and like sam and dean barely have any pictures of their family yeah like all of their pictures are from like the early 80s like from like when sam was a baby like they do and like they have the occasional photo of like them with john like when they're like little kids they have no recent photos of john no, I think the the most in terms of like family memorabilia that they ever get is the box that Dean gets given in home mm. from the lady who bought their old house. I think that's yeah. pretty much it. And like that comes back up over the seasons, but one episode in like late seasons aside, they certainly never have any like sort of new family photos that they come across. It's really bad. Also, um, the there's a photo I in one of the rooms. I don't remember if it was Kate's room or just like the living room. That like Dean spots it and like we kind of like zoom in on it. But it's like just John and Kate by themselves. Like Adam's not in the photo, and it's very similar to the photo that Mary had on her bedside table the night that she died, and that Sam had a copy of in his apartment when Jess died. They have their arms around each other, and like someone has their hand on someone's chest, and like it's like a very like couple photo, but like it's like almost the same photo. <laughs> I really feel. For Dean in particular in this episode and I think it's abundantly clear why <laughs> but like watching him 
look at the photos of this like normal picket fence life that John was sort of like sporadically Abby. leading. It reminds me of um Eleanor in The Good Place when she finds out that her mum had managed to like settle down and be an actual mum and like have another look after kid, this yeah. kid. And it was like this moment of like, well, she was always capable of it. I just wasn't enough. Like Worthy I just wasn't it, enough yeah. for her to decide to do that for me. Like, yeah, I literally had the exact note. I said in my <laughs> watch, I was like, Dean is not okay seeing the pictures of John being a normal dad. It meant that John was capable of being a good dad. It just that Sam and Dean weren't worth the effort. Like that's the internalization. The other thing is that like John's actually not capable of being that dad though. Like that's all fake. Like it's it's John coming in for a day or two or a weekend at like once a year. The rest of the time, Adam has a loving mom who like looks after him, mm-hmm. and like yeah, she's busy and she's a single mom and she has to work and stuff. So like, but like at the end of the day, like he has a parent who is there who cares that he you know goes to school and that he gets up and that like someone is looking after him. With Sam and Dean, when John's not there, like and John's like you know just like popping back in and out of their lives, there's no one there. Like, there's I mean, no Sam place. has a loving parent. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Sam has that. Dean does not. <laughs> The problem is that Dean's also a child. <laughs> and I think that that is partly why, like, obviously the Jonification of Sam Winchester in this episode is fucking strong. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so abundant. Like, and it, it even gets called out by Dean in the episode in a very interesting exchange that we will talk about uh, in a moment. But it's I, it's abundantly clear that Sam had a, had a loving parent in Dean mm-hmm. and Dean had no one like you could say Bobby but Bobby was sporadic at best and also interesting to note that Bobby was sporadic at best not through Bobby's own choice yes yes. like Bobby Bobby would have been would have been a consistent parent if if John had allowed him yeah yeah Yeah. Bobby's Um, amazing and we love him (laughs) we do we stand Bobby on this podcast (laughs) but I think the thing that really gets me is that when they first meet who they think is Adam and it's important that we know that like this is not actually Adam. Adam is already dead at this point, but also we know that the ghoul has Adam's actual memories. So mm-hmm. we can assume that he is telling the truth. He has no reason to lie to them because the truth is going to be effective here. And yeah. so when they're asking like, oh, like, when did you meet John? Like, you know, and Adam says, when John heard he had a son, he raced into town, dropped everything. He drove all night. And if Adam was 12 at that point, that would place this like around 2002. Here's the thing though, is that Sam would have just went to Stanford in 2002. So John has just lost Sam. He's disowned Sam. Mm-hmm. And so then he hears he has another son. Yeah. He's like, great, one more kid to fuck up. He's yeah. like, here's yeah, he's my like, second oh, chance. Replacement Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he does all the things that Sam, he, that Sam wanted from him. He's the dad that Sam wanted him to be with Adam. Yeah. Like, and... He also not only goes like, oh, okay, replacement son time, but he also abandons Dean, who has just been abandoned by Sam. By Sam, like, yep. And it's just getting that information, just this whole episode actually fucks me up. Like, it really I know, does. the amount of times I was doing math and I was looking at timeline websites and I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, what was everybody doing as, like, when some of these things would have been happening? I think the fact that this episode actually starts showing that they like slept in their car, like they weren't in a motel overnight, like it's a reminder of like the reality of their homelessness situation. Yeah. And then it's a really interesting contrast to seeing like the house that Adam grew up in 
and he's lived there his entire life like mm-hmm. also sam has a purple toothbrush by the way just feel like that's yeah. important to note <laughs> but i mean also at this point like we never actually meet adam so we have no idea if that's his actual personality at all no we don't we don't technically know that Here, here's the thing though adam could have already known all about the supernatural and we would never know because if it doesn't benefit the ghouls for like you, you know what i mean like we yeah we don't that actually know. Like, the ghoul could have been saying and or doing anything to try and get under Sam and because they literally say, like, we were trying to split you up. Like, it is, yeah. like, the whole purpose of all of this was to split you up. And, like, you guys refused to split up. Like, which is really interesting considering every other opportunity, they're like, yeah, let's fucking split up. Put a shifter <laughs> on the list who can look like either one of us. Let's split up. That sounds like a great idea. But, like... This entire episode, they're like, "Yeah, we were trying to get you guys like separated apart so that you're mm-hmm. you're you're weaker because like we all know splitting up yeah, is always no a bad one wants idea. to take both Winchesters at one time. Like that's yeah, just not yeah, a smart basically. Thing. So like we don't actually know, like because there is every chance that Adam did actually know about the supernatural and that John did tell him about the supernatural, but that wouldn't have caused the brothers to split up. That's a fair point, actually. I guess I've never thought about it from that perspective before. Me either. But I actually do really agree, based on some things that I, I know that Jamie does not yet know. <laughs> I actually think that that's a very interesting point to be making. <laughs> yeah. Galaxy brain. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like, there's every opportunity that like the, the portrayal of, of Adam is reflective of who he is, and that was effective enough anyway. But there's also like every possibility that they just decided, no, it works yeah. better if he's ignorant, because then we can split them up based on this ground. I do think anything we have in terms of like dates and times, like when Adam was born and like when he met John and stuff like that, I do think that that's accurate, but like maybe the way that they're presented maybe isn't. I do very quickly want to point out this is a Andrew Darb episode. So mm-hmm. it's actually Darb and Daniel Laughlin, which is interesting. I think the most recent Darb episode we have was the after school special. We had some interesting discussions on <laughs> Dean's characterization <laughs> in that episode. And I think it is very interesting because I would say that the characterization of Dean in this episode versus that episode is kind of strikingly different. Yeah, those are two different Dean Winchester attitudes. (laughs) And I find it very interesting that the same writer, particularly a writer that's going to go on to be showrunner, particularly the writer that's going to go on to end the show, had such a fucking 180 on this character, literally six episodes apart. I don't know if you had any... Oh, no, I don't need no thought. (laughs) People know by now, if there's an episode that is written by a a showrunner, current or present, like, we always make a note of it because we all know that Supernatural writing staff is more important to pay attention to than that of any other show. (laughs) Truly. Here's the thing. Beth always brings up Supernatural on the Leverage podcast. So it's my turn to bring up Leverage on the Supernatural podcast. And I was looking at Dean crawling through those vents and I thought, God damn, Parker would be fucking loving life he <laughs> loves vents there are so many vents in this episode and there are so many small oh, spaces yes, so to crawl through and then i thought wait would Cass like crawling through vents like <laughs> Cass and parker are the same character at this point like <laughs> they really are would Cass enjoy crawling through vents do you think i'm gonna say no i can't think of a single scenario off the top of my head where we ever see Cass crawling in a vent kj correct Cass? me if i'm wrong i don't but either and also like not that I think it's ever in canon like explicitly say but Cass strikes me as someone who doesn't like small spaces I don't think that's like canon but that's just a vibe I get you know what's so funny is I was thinking the same thing like he strikes me as someone who would be claustrophobic (laughs) 
And I feel like maybe it's because of the concept of vessels and like an angel's true form. Like they're already yeah, so like a compressed. vessel is already in a like a such a much smaller space than they really take up. Like he he's already compressed. Like also, like how is Jean getting out of, back out of that van? Like how I is he was just gonna ask. <laughs> that boy went really went in head first with no no forethought. <laughs> I do <laughs> want to make a quick note though that he was in the vents because he sucks at rock paper scissors. This is an ongoing thing that has actually become relevant in the prequel somehow. So yes, rock paper <laughs> is scissors worth mentioning. Is continuing to be relevant in the supernatural universe. <laughs> There's a kind of a scene at the end where like Sam and Dean are like essentially like having a debate on John's parenting decisions. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> Sam basically says what like most John apologists say, where like it's a big bad world out there, and Dad makes sure we are ready. And like that was Dean's point, like back in like season one, and like. Sam's kind of like, Adam deserved to be ready also. Like, it's not fair that he's unprepared, which, you know, based on how this episode ends, <laughs> yeah. maybe sort of true, honestly. And then Dean argues what used to be Sam's argument, that, like, a stable, nurturing family is equally, if not more, important. And, like, just because it's too late for the two of them to have that doesn't mean it's, like, too late for Adam. Mm-hmm. Just, like, mostly too late, because Adam's only family would be the two of you, and he's also already dead, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, though, like, the argument here isn't necessarily like, does he deserve to be prepared or not? The argument is he should have a choice to enter the life or not. Like, because at the end of the day with Sam and Dean, their choice was completely removed. Like, yeah, that you is cannot yeah. tell me at the age that John started them training and hunting that they- More and less than one. <laughs> that they could actually make the choice for themselves. And when Sam did try to make the choice for himself, he was essentially disowned. Yeah. So it's like, I think the argument here is less Adam need like should be prepared or whatever. It's more of Adam should have the choice to cut off all these friends and family and actually make this his life versus being forced into it. Yeah, and actually that's a really good point because we have seen numerous other like civilians be introduced to the concept of the supernatural across the series. We've seen them have this like introductory talk with a lot of like sort of victim of the week adjacent characters but none of them have ever been told by the brothers well now that you're aware of the supernatural this is going to be your fucking life now this is just how it is they've all just been given the information necessary to them and then if they want to carry on with that information that is entirely up to them but with adam like sam is immediately going through his whole fucking little speech and you can just see Dean off in the background absolutely hating it. There's a lot of Dean sitting in the background of scenes while, like, Sam's teaching and Dean just being like, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to stare at you really hard so you know that I do not approve. <laughs> exactly. And literally the part where Sam's like, he's like, it's a lifestyle. I'm like, Sam. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you are not an Instagram influencer. This is not, like, sell, you know, your house, quit your job and, like, travel the country in a van. This is... <laughs> This is something else entirely. Yeah. Though it almost was travel the country in a van. That part, yes, sure. <laughs> but it's less <laughs> about like hanging out at the beach uh, and looking at waterfalls and more about like putting yourself in life-threatening situations. Yeah. They also both like accuse each other of being jealous about him. And I think this might be where Sam's like jollification is like coming from is like this conversation. Sam snaps that like snaps like back to Dean like what makes Adam so special because Dean's like Adam should go to school and like have a normal life and Sam's like well I wasn't allowed I to, got so. disowned for that and then yeah. like my life blew up and like 
we don't really know how much contact Sam and Jean had after like Sam got disowned, but like he absolutely did not speak to John again until like season one. Yeah. And like at least for a couple years, like they weren't in contact with each other. And like I don't think Sam's being malicious, but I do think his intentions are like bordering on like self-serving. Like they're not good intentions. Like he's trying to sort of take Adam's normal life away from him the way that like Sam's was taken by Dean and John and the yellow eyed demon. Like And I also think that like He's going for the kill shot here with Dean and being like, what are you jealous of the kid? Because like Sam knows how much Dean idolized John and he has been in the room this entire time while Dean has been looking at pictures of them going fishing and he's been asking Adam about like, he took you to a freaking baseball game. Like Sam isn't commenting on that, but he's there while Dean's commenting on it. And you know, yeah. and Dean's entire reaction to even the concept of there being another sibling. The the idea yeah. that there was something so significant about his dad that he just had no idea about. Well, if, if you think about it, like, Sam's the one who wanted to play soccer and, like, do all those normal things. Like, mm-hmm. that was what Sam wanted to about. Like, Dean wanted them, too. He just would never allow himself to say it. But, like... Yeah. Because even, like, Dean is jealous about it. Because, like, even when John was actively with them, he was not the supportive parent. He did not nurture them. He wasn't taking them to do fun things. He was drunk and abusive. And they were scamming and conning their way to the next bed and the next meal and the next monster. Yeah. And, like, Sam can't even look at Dean while he's, like, making this accusation. Like, he he's making a hard-hitting accusation, but he actually cannot look Dean in the eyes while he does it. Like, it's a emotionally intense conversation. I think part of the reason why this is so much more hard-hitting for Dean than Sam is because every time that John left to go do anything, not just see Adam, but just in general, we even got the quote this episode, like, dad was gone for weeks or months at a time, which is just fucking horrifying. But also, like... Horrible. When John did that, Dean was looking after Sam. Dean was being the supportive parent. Dean was doing Christmas. Dean was making sure Sam was, like, eating his SpaghettiOs or whatever. To a point. I mean, there's definitely points when Sam's, like, a little bit older, like, Mm -hmm. not a child, but, like, still a teenager, where, like, John's taking Dean on these hunts so that Dean can see all this horrible monster stuff and almost die himself. And, like, Sam's just chilling at home. By home, I mean a random motel room. Or a library. Or a library. (laughs) so true but yeah so like I think this this concept of like I was being essentially like a pseudo parent to my younger sibling Mm -hmm. so that my father could go and take his other child to a baseball game like so like my dad can like go and live this like secret double life where he gets to pretend to be a good parent for like 48 hours and then come back I think it's worth noting also that the Christmas like right before Adam was conceived so like Right, like, the Christmas right before John, like, went to Minnesota and met Kate was the Christmas that, like, Dean got a gun for Christmas that year when he was, like, 11. <laughs> like, that's wild. Like, like that's the life that they're living. Also, I think for Sam, Sam, you know, he, he's kind of flip-flopped on John, but, like, at the end of the day, like, even back in, like, season one, Sam had kind of had, like, the, like, he, he had kind of come to terms with the fact that John sucked well before Dean did, and, like, so I think Sam, like he's, Sam and Dean are both looking at all these pictures of John with the family and like Dean's like, we could have had that. And Sam's just like, they did not have what they thought they had. Like Dean's looking at what they could have had and Sam's looking at them and he thinks John's lying to the, like this family. This family is fake. It's not real. It's one day a year that John's putting on a show for them. But also this is basically what they could have had if John had just left them with Bobby. 
Yes, mm. like, that's true. If he if he had just left them with Bobby and then like between hunts stopped in for forty eight hours, even if like those forty eight hours he'd take them out on a hunt or whatever, like they could have still had like almost the same thing, like a stable life with John as like a slightly absent, but at least not a completely negligent father. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. It, Bobby could have been the present parent mm-hmm. and John could have popped in like, you know, once a year for their birthdays and Christmas. They still would have learned how to be like proper hunters and stuff because there is no way in hell Bobby wouldn't have taught them at least the basics so they were safe. But they would have like went to school at one school their whole lives mm-hmm. and they would yeah. have gotten a consistent education. It's like and... the same training. It's the same knowledge just without mm-hmm. the emotional trauma. Oh my God, imagine that. I also want to make a note like, we're going to touch on, obviously, we already have even the Johnification of Sam, but there's like a couple of points where it's like super, super apparent. And one that I want to point out very quickly is the line where Dean says, he's a normal kid. And Sam says, no, he's meat. And that I think is like super interesting, especially in the context of like the number of times that John left his kids as bait or yeah. used one of his children as like a coercive point in a hunt. I think also really similar to something John said to Sam as part of, I think the reason why he was so mad that Sam wanted to go to college was like, I just saw like you who would be like unable to protect yourself. Like I didn't see anything beyond that. Like, but yeah, I mean the Johnification of Sam was so real in this episode. It's actually scary. Like there are points in this episode where I'm like, Sam, babe, like you need to tone it down. It's weird for me that this episode is written by the same dude who wrote After School Special because it's kind of like he's flipped. Like, for me, this Sam doesn't feel like Sam, and I don't know if that's, like, intentional because at this point, like, Sam is pretty well addicted to demon blood and, like, he's starting to lose his morality. Yeah, I would argue that Sam isn't Sam almost mm. by this point. In the- yeah. yeah, but it's it's really weird that we went from an episode that he wrote where it's, like, Dean was not Dean but not for, like an actual intentional purpose to an episode where it's like well Dean feels a lot like Dean but Sam does not feel like Sam it's like he can do one or the other like <laughs> he can write for one brother he has like, the two names in the hat and he does like the Effie trinket like <laughs> and like pulls the name out and that's the character that's going to be in character for that episode mm. everyone else is fair game everyone else is OCC yeah yeah but like that's how they write Riverdale too it's fine it's just that's just how the CW runs this shit only one character can be in character at a time. It's fine. <laughs> Not to call back to the Christmas episode again, but I'm definitely going to call back to the Christmas episode Please again. do. I also have another note about the Christmas episode. <laughs> but that's just when, like, Dean gave Sam the monsters our real talk because um, he was the big brother. And now Sam's the big brother and he's giving Adam the talk. And, like, obviously Sam was, like, a little kid. Like, Sam was, like, eight years old. But Adam's in his late teens Adam's 18, by the way, yeah, or 19. 19. Like, he's definitely 18 or 19. It's, it's, yeah. Sam was very upset. And I mean, Adam's just not. And I think that could be, like, what Jamie was saying. It was just, like, this isn't really Adam. Like, it's no surprise to the ghoul that the supernatural is real. Like, monsters exist because there are ghouls. Yeah. But I was just like, wow, like, there's just like a, even Dean is just like, um, what do you mean? Like, okay. <laughs> like, people are, you're supposed to say that we're crazy or that you know, you're supposed to, I don't know, go through an emotional process. (laughs) There's a really interesting, like, concept, and this will come up later with Sam a little bit more as well. I'm specifically thinking of in season eight, but Sam has this, like, Sam and Dean have different ideas on what family is, I think. And Sam will see family as, like, if you're, like, related by blood, he's like, well, we're family. And Dean, I think, has a more found family 
I think Sam comes around in that respect, but at this point, yes. So I think that Sam sees both sides and, you know, we know that the supernatural, you know, quote that's like family don't end in blood, but there is like the addendum we get later on, which is like, it doesn't start there either. And so Mm -hmm. I think that Dean, even when he's like, okay, I accept it. Like he's our blood relation, but that doesn't actually make him family. We don't actually fucking know this kid. Yeah. I don't think Sam has that little addendum part figured out yet. But I do think it is really interesting especially that Dean like looks at people he sees them as either like a parent figure or a child and he has looked at Adam and he has decided that this is my new child and like he says you know we're gonna take the kid we're gonna drop him at Bobby's like we're gonna take him we're gonna put him somewhere safe and then we're gonna we the adults are gonna come back and handle the dangerous situation you know what it's almost like Sam's the dad and Dean's the mum Except for Sam's version That's of being the John and Mary coding. <laughs> Except for you know? Sam's version of being a dad is literally just to be John. It's really, it's really interesting because this entire episode, I'm watching it thinking like, oh yeah, like they are, they're they're basically like, oh well, I guess your mum's dead now, so where are your parents? Yep. And Dean's like, okay, so how 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 do we treat kids? Okay, well we get them somewhere safe. Where's safe, Bobby? We want to protect this kid. He is a child. We don't want to burden him with things and then sam's like ah yes he's a child his mom's dead he's our responsibility now how do i be a parent oh yes i'm gonna give him the speech about how he has to be a hunter now because he's a winchester and that means that he has to cut all ties with everyone oh yeah that was rough back to sam and like fan family and that speech though sam had a fan family he did not have his blood family for four years he built a little his own little family at stanford and they all got taken away from him. Like, he lost his family. And he blames himself for that as well because he yeah. blames himself for introducing them to that danger. So I think that it makes total sense that he has this, like, apprehension of, well, our family is cursed anyway, so if one of us gets fucked up or dies, like, we were going to do that anyway, but, like, I'm not going to involve yeah. these strangers. I think Sam literally says that he's already cursed because he's already, like, he's a Winchester, so it's too late for Adam. Like, it's literally, like, Sam does fully believe that the two of them and now Adam, so like the three of them are cursed. Yeah, and it is interesting like you were saying earlier, like it's a big a big flip-flop for Sam from season one where, I can't remember which episode, but it's relatively early on. Oh, it's, it's um, it must be Skin, where he gets the email and he's like, oh, I, like, I have to help out my friends, and Dean's like, you don't have friends. Like, you can't have friends. Like, what are you talking about? You know, it's it's very interesting to sort of see that flip-flop from Sam a couple of seasons later where he's like, you don't get to have friends. Like, I go, if I don't get to have friends, you also don't get to have friends. It's like that mentality of like, well, if I don't get to enjoy it, neither do you. Where Dean is like, I wish I could enjoy it, so I want to make sure you can. And then that's really interesting because then Dean tries to reason on, oh, well, Dad tried to protect this kid from it for a reason. Mm-hmm. It feels really disingenuous to Dean's character. Like, I don't think that's the argument that Dean necessarily believes. But I think it might be the argument that Sam would respect. Yeah, so like Which Dean is like being yeah. tactical about. Yeah, so that. like for me it feels less like Dean actually believes that like, you know, John was protecting this kid for a reason and they should respect John and John's attempt to protect this kid from the supernatural. And it feels more like Dean doesn't believe they should burden this kid with the supernatural, but he doesn't think that Sam's going to necessarily agree with that. So he knows that so after... Like, he puts it under the guise of like, let's respect dad's wishes. Yeah. Which is basically what Sam went really heavily into yeah. at the end, sorry, not the end, in, at the start of season two. two. Yeah, after John died. And that's really in line with another discussion we've been having through season four, which is that 
Dean will argue the point of the angels with Sam mm-hmm. and knowing that Sam has a lot of like respect faith and faith and, and like belief. Yeah, and his idea that like, well, maybe you won't listen to me specifically, but if I say, hey, the angels said this, maybe that's a way where he can like get that sort of edge in and get Sam to actually mm-hmm. listen. And like, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is another example because I don't think it's about Dean respecting John's wishes. I think to. it's also just like he goes, I've never met this kid before, but my child now, parents yeah. don't burden children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so like, he's like, well, we can't burden him with this. But he's like, I know Sam like won't. Because at this point, Sam is John. And we all know John's position mm-hmm. was, I'm going to burden children with stuff. You don't even know yet. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets worse. It's like John sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While we are on this though. It's theory time with Jamie. Oh, my favorite theory time. time with Jamie. <laughs> theory time with Jamie. So I've been talking not so much recently, but vaguely in the last sort of dozen episodes or so about like my genetic theory and like maybe there's something mm. different about the Winchesters genetically that means like they're a better fit for like like Lucifer or the angels or whatever, and that's sort of why they're being targeted by all these supernatural forces. And having a third Winchester sibling with presumably at least 50% of the relevant DNA. Interesting possibilities. Interesting possibilities there. So that's why I was kind of shocked that, like... He just got murdered. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, obviously, I don't know if they're going to, but it certainly opens up the possibility that, like, if Sam doesn't necessarily do what the demons want, it's the genetics that they're after. They could... The demons could theoretically use Adam instead. Theoretically, but I mean, I, I, obviously we don't really know Adam as a person. No. We only know the ghoul's impersonation. But, like, I think it would be probably safe to assume that Adam would have gone to heaven. Like, we, as far as we know, we, he hasn't done anything that would make him mean that he would be sent to hell. He's 19 so, years old. <laughs> yeah. So, and so then it's less the demons could use him and more if Dean doesn't do what the angels want, the angels could use him. Potentially. Or it could be an inverse Dean situation where yeah. the demons could try and steal Adam, which I do think would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> If the demons were like, um, okay, if you can do it, so the fuck can we. Jamie wants it. <laughs> I, I just want a Meg scene where she's like, I went up and dragged you from heaven. I can shove you back up. You think that's how Meg's going to be reintroduced? Yeah, 100%. We'll she's get an dragging... of the I raised you from position. Yeah. like, I pulled you down from salvation. <laughs> <laughs> that is how she would that's play it. That's all I want. I want. I want her dragging him from heaven. Mm. I love that. Where would the handprint be? <laughs> His ankle, obviously. Yeah. It could fall down this side. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm imagining, like, you know Mary Poppins? With, like, <laughs> the umbrella, umbrella is Adam. Yeah. Delightful. Did you have anything particular that you want to expand on your theory outside of that or any other theories? Or is that just your your one sort of addendum to your existing theory? <laughs> I, I think, yeah. I don't think we got anything else to, like, really truly theorise on. But I do think it's just what like mentioning and putting it out there because it does open up new possibilities. Because mm-hmm. then if like the angels, like the angels or the demons aren't happy with Sam or Dean, if it's the genetic sort of reasoning that they need them to be Sam or Dean, mm-hmm. there is a third option. So yeah. unless there's something like super duper specific about Mary, mm. then that's why they're getting targeted. Like if it's the Winchester, like John's bloodline that they're targeting. They do make a really specific point to confirm that Adam really was John's son. Like, exactly. At the end. Like, that was very specifically pointed out. Yeah. Like, they don't confirm anything else. Like, everything in regards to John 
like and taking him to baseball games and that was accurate that, yeah. that's all they say even they to the point of like a continuation of john being into baseball like this is actually like a random part of john's personality that we just kind of get alluded to uh, a couple of times over the series and now in the prequel as well but like <laughs> yeah. yeah even the fact that it's like yeah he took him to baseball it's like yeah that sounds like a thing john would do he likes baseball yeah <laughs> It's one of the only things that we know about John, aside from, like, he's obsessive and, like, a bad parent, is that he likes baseball. It's one of the only other things we know about him. Three personality traits. <laughs> Abusive parent, alcoholic, likes baseball. <laughs> oh, while we're on sort of, like, vaguely tangentially related to your theories, this is another thing that came up, I believe, in A Very Supernatural Christmas. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty dang sure it was, where we were talking about the ritual that the deities were going to perform. Yeah. And you asked about if it would work because of Sam's tainted demon blood. And we get, right. we get confirmation yeah. in this episode that his blood tastes different to Mom's. I was surprised that that was, like, that was the extent of it. Hmm. I was expecting the demon blood to, like, have some sort of other effect other than just, like... It does make me wonder if we had, if they had lived longer or they had consumed more of his blood. If we would have got more... That fight scene gives me so much anxiety because Sam's just like bleeding out. And I'm like, Dean, you're not, you're, you're spending too much time. You're spending too much time. <laughs> I really can't watch that scene. The The way that they cut his arms, I'm just like, nah, 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 can't do it. Can't do it. Literally head in hands. Like Naomi had to tell me when it was okay to look back at the screen. I really can't handle it. This should not be my favorite television show. I can't There's watch half really of it. a really long time where Dean is like beating like the, not Adam to, death and like i'm mm-hmm. like dean hurry up <laughs> <laughs> babe priorities <laughs> it's already down you can come back and finish the job when sam's not actively dying he's got a couple of minutes at most and we're wasting too much time yeah and like that's not an injury that you're like bleeding just gonna stop right away like we're gonna need no. to do some first aid to get this to like stop. that's gonna need stitches yeah yep that's pretty that's pretty intense injury. yeah it's an immediate immediate like first aid is required I kind of wondered if, because, like, Dean is very Mary-coded, and that's part, like, part of the reason why, like, John, like, doesn't want to be around Dean, is because mm. he is, like, a reminder of Mary. And then, like, John also, like, kind of at some point comes to the realization that, like, maybe Sam's going to be evil. So, like, do you think, like, part of the reason why he, like, lets Adam, like, be normal is that, like, he doesn't remind them, him of Mary, and he's not, like, maybe going to be evil? Like, You think John's, like, thank God, finally a child, but, like... <laughs> doesn't make me like feel dead inside great which is really <laughs> evil that you phrase it like that because we will literally get the line in this episode of you're more like him than i will ever be oh yeah let's talk was... about this Sam yeah goes, okay i'll take that as a compliment i'm sitting here going bitch that is not a compliment yeah and like the... that is the opposite that is the highest tier insult you could ever be given genuinely and yeah and then Dean comes back with you take it any way you want and I was like that is the most salty that's a response (laughs) Dean clearly did not mean that in any way that was a comment that was a condemnation of Sam's character if there ever was one I actually think it is quite genuinely like the boys have had arguments over the season so far they've taken jabs at each other like whatever they've both been possessed at various points and said shit and like you know arguably there's been times where Sam and John have been paralleled and Dean's been like wow you're so much like dad but like this was very specifically like this is like wow you're so much like dad 
derogatory. Like, this yeah. is like, you're like dad and I don't like This it. is the first time it's not just a neutral observation. This is yeah. the first time yeah. it's actually like, oh no, you were like dad and this is concerning to me. Like, and outside of Sam's original revenge for Jessica arc, like, bef- like yeah. a lot of the parallels happened in season one when it was like, we need to get the thing that killed Jess the same way that dad needs to get the thing that kills mom. Like, they're on the same page. They're on the same mission. This is, like, the mission is passed. It's been a couple of years. Like, this is, uh, you are all of the things that you hated about our father when we were growing up. You have become yeah. all of the things that you did not want to be. Mm-hmm. And he literally calls it out. He says dad gave you that speech and you ran away to stanford and yeah. sam's like well now well, i know now that john was right it's like bitch no you're missing the point the point went over your head <laughs> like a 747 <laughs> and dean even like goes out of the way to talk about his own relation to john and he's like he's like i mean i worship the guy i dress like him i acted like him i listened to the same music but it doesn't matter what I did. I was never going to be like him. He was, he's, they're so fundamentally different at a base level. And it's really interesting. Like, I think it comes back to, I want to say we talked about this in like Dead Man's Blood or like uh, towards the end of season one, where we talked about the difference between John and respect for his children. Like Dean mm-hmm. is what he wanted, but Sam was what he respected. Mm-hmm. And I think this mm-hmm. kind of like comes yes. back like to that same concept of like, he wanted a soldier who would worship him and like do whatever he said and like, you know, take his word as gospel. But what he respected was someone who was going to talk back and, and you stand know, up to him. And yeah, exactly. And so it's, uh, it, it's such an interesting thing that you can track it through such varying sort of degrees over the seasons. And it's interesting now that we're getting such a strong parallel with Sam and John, even though Sam and Dean's like perspectives on their dads, like on their have dad, has like completely one they need. Yeah, yeah, but it's still the emphasis on like Sam is much more like John than Dean ever was, and I do appreciate that Dean sort of sees that in himself. It's good for Dean. Yeah, it's bad for Sam that he can't differentiate between a compliment and you're like dad derogatory it's not good yeah. for sam sam's no. so far over the edge in this season like sam has been pushed beyond the brink and like it's it's not getting better <laughs> we've reached a point where sam can't see the light anymore like he's crossed that sort of line in the sand yeah like that was i mean sam's character as we know it was built on him not approving of how their father raised them like that's the first thing that we learned about sam's relationship with their in the dad. pilot yeah, it's in that pilot when they're walking down the stairs and they're arguing about whether or not Sam's going to go help Dean find their dad. Like, that is what they're arguing about is, like, the way that dad raised us was wrong. Like, that is the basis of, on which Sam's yeah. character was built. He raised and, us like, like soldiers and he yeah. gave me a 45 when I said I was scared of the monster under the bed. has entirely lost sight of that person that he yeah. was. Oh, oh, one, there was a little reference to the pilot, kind of. Dean's alias is Agent Nugent, which is a obviously a reference to Ted Nugent. That was the alias that Dean used in the pilot. Like he, when oh, he was in yeah. the Yeah, he like, wouldn't tell the sheriff his name. And the sheriff's like, what's your name? He's like, Ted Nugent. And the sheriff's like, that's not your name. Like, what's your actual name? And he just like. That's quite fun, actually. They don't often reuse yeah. aliases. Yeah, I know. He just left an agent on the front. And- <laughs> okay, I had one sort of last point that I specifically wanted to talk to you guys about. Actually, I tell a lie. I have three, but two of them are very, very brief. So I might just give you those rapid fire. I want to do a special shout out to the line uh, that is given to Dean, which is, have you thought about where you might like to spend eternity? I just think 
that's fun <laughs> for Dean specifically. I think Dean has specifically thought a lot about where he's going to spend eternity. Yeah, um. I, I think his response is like way too much or something. Like, <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, probably. And the next one is like, I don't know what it is about Sam getting kidnapped by being grabbed by the ankles from underneath cars. But this is not the first time that it has happened to him. Is it not? In the series so far. And I just don't know. It's not. I think it happens the first time it happens. Oh, in the Benders. In the Benders. Yeah. <laughs> and I was annoyed by it then and I'm annoyed by it now. <laughs> so I don't know how he keeps getting himself in these situations. But I wanted to point it out because it's recurring apparently. The other thing that I want to talk about is actually the morality of the monsters in this episode. And this is something that we've talked about a couple of times. Like whether or not the hunters are actually on the right moral side of things all right yeah these monsters are on a revenge quest (laughs) yeah and i think it is a very interesting contrast like given that they are siblings that were raised by a parent who you you know they were monsters technically but the parent that they had was like feeding on dead flesh they were specifically not hurting anyone who was already alive doing their best and then john was came killed them with like you know in cold blood essentially and now you have sort of the counterparts of Sam and Dean who were like the brothers who were raised by the person who was on like a crusading revenge mission his whole life and but also I think he could almost count the ghouls as a gender fluid or non-binary yeah actually yeah they just yeah take on the form of whoever they last ate so they can yeah choose pick you can probably pick and choose who you're eating if you're eating dead people like Like shapeshifters hey so i really like the back and forth they have with sam they say you use that word a lot being the word monster and they say but i don't think you know what it means and then they talk about a monster named john winchester i do think that's really interesting just as like a perspective on john from the monster's point of view but also i would argue sort of from dean's point of view view. (laughs) and obviously from our point of view yeah But also I do think it's interesting that they would say to Sam that you use the word monster a lot, but I don't think you know what it means, especially given like, we know that Sam's Sam's up to something dicey right about Engaging in some extracurricular activity you should not be. Also, we do get a weaponized use of the word word freak in this episode. We do. Which is a big no-no word for Sam. I don't know when, or I just remember, I wrote it down. I was like, I'll remember this now though. I actually didn't specifically note it down. So. I'm doing better than that. I I believe you. (laughs) I believe you. And I very briefly wanted to touch on the fact that, first of all, they gave Adam a hunter's funeral, which I think is very Mm -hmm. sweet. I think it's a very, like, respectful thing for them to do, like, especially because it seems like it's Dean's idea. Like, Sam has spent the whole episode being like, well, he's our brother, we should treat him like our brother. But then he's like, well, do we really want to give him a hunter's funeral? And Dean, who spent the whole episode going, I refuse to accept him as our, like, sibling or whatever, He's like, no, like he died like a hunter. He deserves to be remembered like a hunter and he does the hunter's funeral. And so I do think that that's another interesting point of contention between the two and like what it means to be a family, what it means to be a hunter and like well, where that line of respect is drawn. I, I think this is actually like not actually all that surprising because when Dean dies, Dean doesn't get a hunter's funeral. Sam is the one who stops him from getting a hunter's funeral, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because Bobby wanted to. Oh, yeah, it. it is Sam. It is Sam. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bobby like, I, I don't think it's unusual, considering, like... And actually, Sam makes the point, like, we could maybe call in a favour with Cass, get him brought back. And Dean makes the point of, like, no, like, let him be where that. he is. 
Which is really funny because I kind of thought like when he spots the window, which is like stained glass and looks like it's got an angel angel or a cherub or something (laughs) along those lines on it. I was like, oh, they're going to bring, like, Cass in. Like, that's how yeah, he's going to get out of gonna, it. Yeah, he's going to, like, pray to Cass. No, I'm just going to so, name so, drop like, the symbolism once. of him smashing the window with the angel on it. Yeah, I And wrote... getting himself out of the situation is a... Very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I wrote the note, Dean really out here shattering glass ceilings, LMAO, and breaking the angel imagery. So... Things that make <laughs> you go, hmm. <laughs> Did anyone else have anything that they wanted to add about the episode? Yes. We need to go through point by point and slam John at every time. Okay. Because we've, we've vaguely talked about how John, but it doesn't feel hateful enough. I don't, I haven't <laughs> felt the rage so far this episode. <laughs> and I let you guys get all of your like character analysis bullshit out. Now it's time <laughs> for a segment I'm going to call I Hate John, So You Have to Too. Um, <laughs> I hate John and I'm right too. <laughs> Dean's no longer the righteous man. I'm the righteous woman. And we're going to be righteously hating on John this episode. Righteous Jamie unlocked. <laughs> so straight up, we have to just, the fact that he had another son and didn't tell mm-hmm. Sam and Dean about it. And like, not just that he had another son, that he had another son that he knew about, that knew he was his father and mm-hmm. that Obviously had his most recent contact information because they call him on John's phone, which, mm-hmm. small side note, they call him on John's phone. And Sam has this moment like, oh, what, like, what, ha- why do you still have dad's phone? It's like, um, maybe because this everyone is why. <laughs> ever help has that fucking phone number. So if they need help again, that's who they're going to call. Like your whole shtick is we're out here saving people. Why wouldn't you keep John's phone charged? Like, they're, unless you're going to redirect the number. Bobby will take their calls. Bobby will be their secretary for them. It's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, they're going to keep the phone because otherwise, if somebody needs to get in touch with John, it's probably about some monster that's killing people. And this isn't even the first like, time this has happened. No. It's in the fourth episode of the yeah. first season. And it's like, of course, yeah. they're going to keep John's phone charged. That's the number that everyone yeah. knows that everyone's going to call if they need help with something supernatural. Literally. Like, John John's not good at keeping friends, but he is real good at making them. Like he does know a lot of people. <laughs> and then he just introduces his sons to none of them because they don't need a support system outside of each other. That would that would hurt the codependent. But he will hand out Dean's phone number to anyone who calls and gets voicemail. Like <laughs> you know that John was checking all his voicemails and responding to everyone except the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep that mailbox uh, not full. Yeah, exactly. Gotta empty it on a routine basis. And then. We meet Adam, or at least who the ghouls yeah. are. The presentation of the Adam. The presentation of Adam. Yes. Um, the ghoul version of it. <laughs> We're going to refer to them as Adam for simplicity's sake. Adam bracket ghouls version. <laughs> I mean, you could call him the ghoul boy. <laughs> so they meet Adam, and then at the diner, they learn basically that John, at least in this, in the ghouls version of events, John never mentioned anything of the supernatural to... Or Sam and Dean. Yeah, or Sam Sam and Dean. Dean. He has no idea who they are. Which is odd, is an odd choice, especially considering, like, I think it is pretty, like, heavily implied that, like, the ghouls had no idea that, like, Sam and Dean were actually, like... Yeah, they didn't know they existed. No, there is no communication there. But it's also, I would say it's pretty heavily implied that, okay, she knew about the supernatural because, like, that's how her and John met. They yeah, met she at the least knew something. These schools the first time, so yeah. like, there is no real reason for it, like them to because obviously Kate didn't know either mm. because otherwise the ghouls would have known. 
So like there is just oh my god yeah. So Kate didn't know that he had children. Kate doesn't at all. know he has yeah. children either. I've literally never considered that. Me either. But you're right because if I'm so glad you just made that the point. The Kate ghoul. Yeah, she known. should have known. Oh Which my means god, that Kate so doesn't know. That's why family photos because Kate literally does not know this man has a whole ass family. Yeah. Just when I thought I couldn't hate him anymore, he knocks it out the park. I. This is really, is that a baseball reference? John would be that. <laughs> this is it's really complicated watching this episode and feeling all these hatred emotions now with the prequel and there's like a whole mess of things happening in my brain and it's just oh there are some complicated feelings but I am cross. Yeah, so like John has been both lying to his sons about this and also lying to Adam to and Kate. Adam and Kate yeah. about this. He literally originally rips the pages out of the journal the first time, which I'm sorry, but if you're going to rip the pages out, why wouldn't you just omit the bits about Kate and Adam? Like, yeah. <laughs> leave the bits about ghouls in, but just omit the bits about Kate. Like, you don't need to write, oh, yeah, fuck this chick. Like, I think that maybe that was, like, a long time after, like, around the time that, like, he found out of Adam, or even maybe later. When John goes missing on purpose, he leaves the journal behind for them, and he doesn't want Sam and Dean to know. And, like, they pour over that journal. But that that brings me to my point. Why would he rip out the pages in the journal? Because every other entry moving forward is literally just Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Every time he goes and visits Adam and Kate, the entry is just Minnesota. So, like, why would you write about... The original entry, it, it like cannot have included information about Adam no. because Adam, if anything, was a zygote. <laughs> exactly. So the original entry could have only contained information about Kate, and then why would that be significant? Like, a why would it even mention Kate in there in any capacity other than like, oh, well, I had help from a woman named Kate. I think that like Kate looking like Mary is like very intentional and I think that John feels shame about whatever he wrote about Kate and I think like I because I think that he picked her because she looks like Mary and I think he was you know trying to have that back for a hot minute. He rips out the pages inherently making the boys less prepared which is like a running theme of him omitting information that makes actually very important. Oh yeah absolutely that's a running theme in the journal. The number of times the information in John's journal is incorrect is just... Uh, why would he rip out the pages? Like, obviously there was something on them that made him need to rip them out. It couldn't have just been, I, you know, I met a woman named Kate and she helped me with this case. Well, even that... Because like, if she... it was just that, that that doesn't inherently make her... She didn't help him with the case. She patched him up in the ER. She was an emergency nurse. Exactly. Like So, like, in theory, the case was done. Do you think maybe he, like, because they, like, they have people in the journals that, like, have helped John in the past, and, like, that's how they know who's, like, safe to go to. Do you think he just wanted to make sure that they never, like, were in Minnesota and, like, contacted her? Like, you know, like, say, like, one of them got hurt and they were nearby, like, they would go to her because she knows about hunting, and then, like, they accidentally find Adam. I think, like, maybe that, it doesn't really make sense, so, like, I'm really reaching to get there. But, like, maybe that's it. The fact that none of us can actually comprehend the logic in John's mind is actually kind of comforting and soothing. Like, I feel like if any of us could actually be like, yeah, that makes logical sense. I can understand where he's coming from. That'd be a bit of a red flag. (laughs) The point of that one can't be, oh, well, he was trying to protect Adam from the supernatural because there shouldn't have been a mention of Adam or or Kate theoretically in the journal. It's unclear how much of the journal is 
information and how much of the journal is like John's actual diary yeah exactly because like at this point like the journal's getting presented to us as like it is his notes about every case he's ever worked what case notes did he write that was so incriminating I honestly it could just be he's paranoid like honestly yeah that's the thing is John's also like yeah like kind of like crazy like the, the, the yeah. end of the day John is like so far in his grief and like I don't know in John's like journal like the published version of John's journal which is not canon compliant so like take it or leave it as you will like the journal is kind of half and half like sometimes it is case notes and sometimes it is Sam and Dean did this today or like this would have been Mary and I's anniversary so sometimes it is more of a mix than like when you're in the show like we don't care that much about those entries like we never get they're not important of Dean being like oh look it would have been mom and dad's anniversary today and this is we we get like oh here's the bit about how vampires don't exist like <laughs> other than that did you have any other particular I hate John moments you feel like we haven't oh yeah we haven't even gone through like we're only like ten minutes into the episode also I saw the photo of John like in the opening bit and I was like two minutes in I'm already ready to fucking quit like if we're doing John like I'm out like but then of course we meet Adam and we find out that John got in touch with Adam when he was twelve so that's what about two thousand two yeah roughly yeah Sam's already gone off to to Stanford, yeah. It's his first year, yeah. For, from what we can tell from what the ghouls decide to show us of Adam, that John never exposed him to the supernatural. Mm-hmm. John never warned him or prepared him. So it just, the entire argument that John apologists seem to fall back on is mm-hmm. John raised Sam and Dean this way so that they wouldn't be killed by the supernatural, mm-hmm. so that they were prepared for what was coming for them, so that they were prepared to be able to survive and to be able to help people. If John genuinely believed that, if John genuinely believed the reason that I'm I'm treating my children this way, the reason that I'm training my soldiers, the reason that I'm basically a commanding officer and they're not allowed to have normal friendships, childhoods, or like connections with other people, if he really genuinely believed that, why was Adam any different? If that is the argument you're going on to say, actually, John was trying his best, the answer is so clearly like a middle ground where they know some stuff, but like they also have a stable. Life. The answer is Bobby. Like the answer is leave them with Bobby because obviously yeah. Adam Adam's dead. Adam's nineteen years old and he's dead. So clearly, not telling him anything didn't work for him either. But like, but telling them everything didn't work either because Sam was dead at twenty-two. Yeah, like <laughs> yes, those three extra years make all the difference. Three extra years to make a demon deal, which is what the Winchester exactly. do. And so you've got to assume that the reason that he's justifying it in his head is I need to train Sam and Dean because they need to be able to help me avenge Mary's death. Whereas because Adam is not Mary's child, he doesn't ascribe that to him. Or it could just be that like, because John had them with him when he started hunting, like they were so involved in the life from the get-go. And then Whereas Adam was, already, Adam was already 12. Not to not to praise Samuel Campbell, who I do not like, but I do think the Campbells do something really interesting because the Campbells, at least from what we can tell in 4-3, have an established residence in Lawrence. Like, yeah. they have their name on a mailbox. They have friends and neighbors <laughs> and, and family. They have friends, yeah, and neighbors and family, and they've lived there for several years. It's like hunting is like a weekend activity. Like, Yeah, it's after school and weekends. Mary's still going to school. Mary's still, like, for all intents and purposes, having, like, a ve- vaguely normal childhood. 
it's still dangerous and Mary doesn't like Mary wants out but like also Mary survives to get married and have two kids like she does she does die but like she survives to adulthood which is a lot better than Sam and Adam have done so far (laughs) It, it is that middle ground of like a stable place that you go back to as well as knowledge of how to protect yourself in this world where supernatural things like lurk in the dark it's really funny though because thinking of it like that of the three Winchester brothers Dan survives the longest. He makes it all the way to the ripe old age of 26 before he dies for the first time. No, it's going to be, he's 26 in the pilot. So he's going to be must be like 27 then. 27, 28. 28. In Mystery Spot when he dies. Because I would argue that the first time he legitimately dies is the six months in Mystery Spot. Yeah, I think that is also true. That is, yeah, the first time we're going to count Dean as Though, to be fair though, <laughs> once Dean starts dying, he doesn't really stop dying, does he? Yeah, he does kind of just, like, keep going. He's like, dead, 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 He's not going to slow down. That's all in one episode. And then he survives for, like, another five, and then he's dead again. I want to derail us a little bit for a second. Yeah, let's be really But this is the John Winchester hate train. This is still the John Winchester hate train. It's just that I have a point that I didn't bring up before. Okay, so we're making an unexpected stop. That's okay. So the question, and this is going to come back to KJ, because I know that you have the journal, is... When Adam says, what did dad do for you on your birthday? I can't believe I didn't talk about that earlier. (laughs) Would you like to? I think I had a note that said, like, John Winchester sucks at birthdays. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fucking understatement. Yeah. The most famous birthday out of John's journal is Dean's 17th birthday. There's a few other birthdays that occur, but like, well, okay, also Sam's birthday. Sam's birthday, one of Sam's birthdays also lands on something wicked. Like, something wicked with the flashbacks. That's Sam's birthday. So when he gets left as bait for the streeter, yeah. <laughs> that was his present that year. He was like, congratulations, son. You've graduated to bait. <laughs> you almost made it to five years old, but like... Which makes you wonder, at what age did Dean graduate to bait? According, okay, as per John's journal, John finds out from Missouri that the supernatural is real, like, two weeks after Mary's dead and within another two weeks so like within four weeks of Maridine, dean has already like seen a monster like it's it's very immediate <laughs> but dean's 17th birthday john sends him on a solo hunt so that john and sam can hang out for the day like because sam is being like a moody like 13 year old and john's like i need to reconnect with my child by sending my other child on a solo hunt and dean's solo hunt is to go uh deal with the ghosts of some lesbian nuns who uh died by suicide after being found out for those of you who can't <laughs> see jamie she has her face in her hand she's breathing very heavily her eyes are closed <laughs> sometimes i'm like okay but supernatural didn't actually do that right and then you guys just hit me with information that i don't think i'm ready for it and unfortunately all the information is bad so i'm really sorry if you like supernatural you have terrible taste in media <laughs> to be fair this does come from the journal which is pseudo yeah, which is, okay yeah. however yes the concept that for dean's 17th birthday john was like i want to hang out with sam how about you go do this hunt which is specifically about queer people in a religious environment who got found out and then died by suicide. How about you go burn their corpses? And it does not go super great from what I remember. Like, the hunt does not go well. It's his first solo hunt as well. This yeah. is the first time John sends him out on his own. Yeah. Not even an adult. Do you want to know the worst thing about that, though? 
I'm so interested to think, hear what you think the worst you thing think about that is. <laughs> Dean at the time probably believed that it was about John finally having faith in him. Ouch. Yes. Absolutely. For Dean, that that was a moment of like, oh, dad finally thinks I'm ready. Like D- dad finally believes in me enough to send me out alone like this is the greatest birthday gift I could ever receive it's dad's trust in me yeah no one wanted to hang out with John less than Sam did like (laughs) I agree with you I think that he would have been like wow this is like you know dad's trusting me whatever and then he would have found out what the hunt was and I think he would have been like oh no dad suspects that I'm not a straight person. Yeah. Which, considering queer icon John Winchester. Don't even get me motherfucking started, Jamie. You have not seen the prequel. You only know the out of context stuff that I have sent you. I'm also on Twitter. Okay, I think that brings us to this week's PSA. Guys, do you have any guesses? Any thoughts? Don't park over manhole covers. Obsessed with that take. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let children have guns. I mean, those are like the two big ones that I took away from this. <laughs> I'm going to say don't be too ambitious. If you're doing something and it's working well for you and then you're like, you know what? I reckon I could up this, but it's in like a way that like there's an insane risk that you could like fuck everything up and the way that you're doing stuff is working perfectly fucking fine. Are you doing a PSA for the goals? Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Like, if they hadn't started eating alive people, they would still be alive and eating dead people. And, like, yes, they make a point that it's not ideal, but, like, is it worse than It's what they do. It's what all the other ghouls do. Yeah, exactly. Do they think they're better? Come on, guys. I forgot my PSA. I got so distracted by you making a PSA for the (laughs) ghouls that I forgot my actual PSA. Sam was pretty rough on those ghouls. Like, literally, Sam was, like, called them filthy scavengers while they had him tied to a table. Like, Sam, take it being a smart-ass, like, can't be The arrogance and audacity of Sam Winchester has really grown <laughs> to be, like, above any previously known levels. Like, he's really, he really thinks that he is unbeatable. From the Driver of Pixel listeners, like, we just recorded for Supernatural Opinions, like, right before this, and- we did the one where Sam shot the crossroad demon in the head for being a smartass and like thinking people being a smartass and like, almost immediately dying. Sam Winchester. Sam is qual- is fully qualified to be shot by the ghouls at this point, let alone yeah, drained so alive. Yeah, them filthy scavengers. Like, yeah. <laughs> fucking rude. Okay, so are you guys ready? Are you ready for the reveal of my PSA I'm this week? I'm so excited yes. to hear the PSA you've chosen for this week. Okay, so you know the entire speech that Sam gives about how, you know, hunting is life and you have to cut out all your friends and family. Mm-hmm. If someone gives you that speech in real life, run, they are red flags, that is a cult. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely, hands down. If someone is ever trying to coerce you into cutting off all ties with your friends and family to pursue a life of petty crime, yes, you <laughs> should not do that. That is a cult. Like, that is yep. massive red flags for a cult. Like, <laughs> just red flags You're in a cult, call your dad, assuming your dad's Bobby and not John. Yeah. <laughs> call your safe space parental guardian. Yes. <laughs> Run away to college. Yeah, or do that. Pursue a higher education. One of the two. <laughs> yes, excellent. Was, yes, yes. Top notch. Top notch. Alrighty. KJ, did you have any other notes you wanted to touch on? This episode gives me charmed vibes. There's a point in like the middle of Charmed where they lose the oldest sibling and then like they discover a youngest sibling. 
So all the siblings have to like shift up in like birth order. Like Phoebe and Piper both have to like go from middle and youngest to oldest and middle. And like that really feels like what Sam does in this episode. Like Sam goes from youngest child to middle child. It's almost like he's like, oh yeah, what do older brothers do? Oh yeah, they pretend to be dad. So he pretends to be dad. (laughs) Jamie, that is a spicy hot take that just did something to my brain chemistry that I don't think will ever be undone. But you know, like he's like, okay, so what what do older brothers act like? What do older brothers do? Older brothers act like dad. And And of course he goes, Dean, what does Dean? Well, he does all the things that Dean does. Like he is emulating John, but like he gives Adam the monsters real talk. That was Dean. Like that was not John. That was Dean. Oh, I'm having so, my brain is like, my neurons are fucking firing right now. Oh, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I'm glad I did. (laughs) Also insane considering in Charmed, the new youngest sibling they bring in is literally half angel basically. Yes. Charmed is about a family who fights evil with their magic powers and one of the siblings falls in love with an angel. Mm-hmm. They literally get married. Yeah. And have two children. Yeah. Oh, Turns two children of- as well. Oh, that's so specific. Sweet Jesus. Every single, every story is the and same. One, and one of their children is on the verge of turning evil. Like one of their children is very powerful and could turn evil, which is, you oh know. Oh my God. <laughs> literally every single story is the same. Every single, every one of them. Also, I highly recommend Charm. And by Charm, I do mean like the original Charm from the 1990s. Okay. Was there anything else? Any final bit? I just really want to point out that the John apologism in this episode was super duper strong. Oh, yeah. Sam specifically? Yeah. Yeah. This entire episode feels like they're trying to justify John's action. And they're failing miserably because Adam's dead. And And they're failing miserably because of Dean is, I think, the, the caveat there. Like, I think if you remove Dean from the situation and you just have Sam sort of being like, oh, new sibling, like, I like this is the way it goes. This is the right thing to do. If you didn't have Dean calling Sam out on every turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it's interesting because it, on one hand, it does feel like very heavy John apologism. And on the other hand, it feels like a scathing John drag. Like, it's it's very much two sides of the coin. And a drag of Sam. Like, and like like sam is a little bit scary in some of the scenes like when he is talking to adam about how he has to leave his family and his life and everything behind like that's his he's got an intensity about him that is sam in this episode almost reminds me of sam in um born under a bad sign when he's possessed by meg by meg yeah it literally is like that that kind of energy It, it is a dark cloud do we think it is the influence of the demon blood then if if the possession of meg is like where he's been most similar like, that's, that's sort of what I was boiling it down to. I'm willing to go that route. Like, there's a demonic influence happening, yeah. and it is dark, and it is tainting Sam. Really says something about John. Yeah, and... It, <laughs> that too. For me, like, and it doesn't feel like when he, Meg is possessing him, when Meg is sort of dropped the facade, but the bits where, like, Meg is still pretending to be Sam, mm. it feels very much like he is that perception now. Like, he is yeah. who Meg thought he was. Well, and, like, the generational trauma of, D- like, John needs his revenge and Sam needs his revenge. And like he's, like, actively encouraging Adam to also, like, do revenge. And, like, he's, like, it worked out great for me and Dad. So I can't. It's also, can't like, Dean's revenge, enough. too. Like, like, Sam's revenge is not gotten by Sam. It's gotten by Dean, like, which is, mm. you know, pointed out in this episode. Like, But I also think it's really interesting because of the four Winchesters that we've sort of met at this point, Adam, Sam, Dean, and John, and at least the 
school version of Adam. Every character of those four is motivated by revenge, except Dean. Yeah, Dean's motivated by family. Family. Like, yeah, he wants revenge, but he wants it because John wants it. And then he wants it because Sam wants it. And it's not worth his family. Yeah, it's like he wants it because there's this idea of, like, once he gets his revenge, that'll be, like, it'll be done. And then we can, like, just be a family again. Like, once this is all over, we can just settle down and be a family again. And, like, the reality is that that was never going to happen. But it's, like, an ideal that he can tie himself to. Yeah, it's never going to happen because John always intends to die. Like, his intention is to kill the family, kill Mary, and then die. And then for Sam, there's no, we can be a family again because Sam was a baby. Like, Sam doesn't have a, anything to go back to. Other than Stanford, and Stanford's sort of very specifically designed to cut both John and Dean yeah. out. and it's also gone because Jess is gone. Like, it, it also no longer exists. Like, I think that would just be so much more interesting if it was revealed that the entire time it was all fake and that Jess was, like, possessed the entire time. Oh, so, like, the whole thing was, like, like the whole thing was like, Yeah, puppeteered by Azazel. The whole thing was a sham. That would be something. It would certainly add a very dark twist to what is, like, at this point, like, the, like... The, the brief moment of happiness that Sam has ever enjoyed. <laughs> the tragedy <laughs> of Sam Winchester's life. Yeah. I mean, like, we literally have the quote, misery is the whole point. Like, their misery is the whole point. I feel so bad for them. Let them just be babies. <laughs> Let them go and, like, do normal people things. I just very quickly wanted to do a shout out to a couple of just one-off lines that I think were fun, which there wasn't a lot that was fun about this episode. A lot of it was mostly just like punch you in the gut, make you want to sob sad or make you angry. But Angry and fun are sometimes the same thing. So yeah, we we got a couple of lines. One being Adam saying, you're not mechanics. And it's like, oh, wow, amazing. Sherlock Holmes <laughs> over here. What tipped you off? You know, uh, I just thought it was very fun. Get this man detective badge. <laughs> and my favorite line, or at least my favorite fun line of the episode is when Adam asks, how did he die? And Dean says, a car <laughs> fell on him. <laughs> Because essentially, John died because of a car accident. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, actually, Technically, he I could guess. have said that he got in an accident, but like, no, a car fell on him. It's just, it, it's just only, it's only because it. he backed himself into the corner if he died on the job. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think it's such a funny choice. And the way that the line is delivered is just so point blank. It's hilarious. As far as like medical people are concerned, John Winchester died of like a heart attack. Like, why don't yeah. they just say that? Why why is that not the story they got? I don't know. I just it it's just funny to me. Oh, I did have a really quick point that I wanted to make that isn't really connected to anything, but I do want to make it here. And that's based on this episode, I think John knew more about Sam and what Sam was than we know at this point. Just simply because if he didn't know something about like the grand overarching sort of prophecy planny bullshit, I don't see a reason for him to protect Adam like he did. That's another thing that's in the journal. It's not really part of canon as far as I can like remember what is in the journal. Uh, John starts to hear that Sam's a special child. And like, similarly, like that is the phrasing that people are using around Sam when Sam is seven years old. There is a hunter who engages in some Gordon-like behavior around Sam when Sam is seven. Like <laughs> That's really interesting, honestly. Because like, you just have to assume that the demons are gossiping. That's the other thing. It's like, so like, oh, Steve would be 11. 
which is like I guess about when Adam would have been conceived so like this would have been like later that year Dean literally kills a man because someone like this guy wants to kill Sam that's the thing that happens in John's journal it's while April of 1990 is the most fucking wild year like month of the Winchester's lives well when it rains it pours hey (laughs) so I think that brings us to the end of today's episode so Jamie KJ how would we rate the episode out of five I'm gonna go three because John pisses me off okay KJ I think I'm gonna go three and a half um I think the Adam stuff that's introduced is important I think the way that Sam and Dean react to it is important Alrighty. The next episode is titled The Rapture. Jamie, do you have any thoughts, feelings, predictions, fears, hopes, dreams? Look, I have never read the Bible, so I am no expert here by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm pretty sure The Rapture is basically the thing where it's like the end of the world. So that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I guess like the apocalypse is pretty nice. Like we're running out of seals. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we're only, so it's next episode and then there's two left of the season. Yeah. So we're down to the final yeah. three. And going by supernatural structure, that means that something insane is about to happen. Yeah. That will be very important <laughs> for the following two episodes. Normally about the 20th episode, they realize, oh shit, we haven't established enough plot to actually <laughs> give us a proper finale. So we've got to shove it all in here so that the finale episodes make sense. Nowhere is that more true than season five. Oh my god, I just had a realization. <laughs> is it a Jamie safe realization? Just like that is the format of like the last like three episodes of season five. <laughs> Literally, they're like, oh no, we have not finished establishing this thing. We need to establish it really quick. Immediately. KJ, since you were last with us, I have introduced a new question to the end of this sequence, which is, do we think that we are going to have cast next episode? Yes. Yes? It's called The Rapture. Okay, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Disappointing little amounts of cast in this episode. Like, he he got name-dropped once, but he was not here, and I miss him because I haven't had him in so long. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. KJ, thank you so very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you if they want to hear more from you? Or supernatural opinions or some variation of it pretty much everywhere and now way more parents those are like the two big things that i'm doing at the moment and the links will be in the description for anyone who's interested in either of those and if you wanted to interact with any of the three of us um you can feel free to hit us up on any of our socials and some topics of conversation could include how would you accessorize your baseball bat to beat john winchester to death <laughs> I think rhinestones could be fun because they're sparkly and pointy. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yep. Very Harley Quinn. I see your barbed wire and I raise you razor wire because I just covered uh, 307 where Sam kills Gordon with the razor wire and like, I want that stuff to hurt. <laughs> oh, do we think that the way the ghouls portrayed Adam is actually accurate to who Adam is? Yeah, that's a good question. It's something I never thought of before, but I'm going to think about it now. As always, a great topic is the Johnification of Sam and the Maryfication of Dean and just generally all the ways that John fucking sucks. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hopefully you had as much fun listening as we have had recording and we will hopefully have you back next week for The Rapture. Bye. Bye.